Hey guys, it's me Bish. Welcome to this review roundup. I just wanted to do some really cool games today. It's just gonna be me on this review roundup, but you know what? It's gonna be a great one because today we are gonna be talking about uh, some really awesome platformer games. And you know what? I believe we're gonna be talking about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Expansion Pack as well as another game that released last year, which is Giraffe, Giraffe, Giraffe and Anika, as well as Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. So I really want to get into Giraffe and Anika because it is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, oh my God, bitch, what? Yes, I will get into the review in a second. But before we do, I just want to thank our sponsors, Japan Crate, Crunchyroll, and JList. Links will be in the description. And I also want to thank the lovely people who gave us review codes. So big thanks to Nintendo, big thanks to NIS America, and big thanks to Sega for giving us the codes for review today. So let's get into Giraffe and Anika. Honestly, I wasn't expecting to love this game so much. It is my favorite game for 2020. And to be honest with you, I know it might be a bit early, but I would say this is one of my favorite games of all time. And I'll tell you why, because it didn't feel like anything I played before. In fact, at first it didn't even feel like a game. I felt as though I was playing a tech demo. The game is that beautiful. Initially, I was confused by the lack of instructions or tutorial, but it adds to the atmosphere of adventure. This game lets you learn naturally, like a baby learning its surroundings, or hearing the voice of its mother for the first time. It was comforting. I wish more games were like this. And it somehow brought me back to my childhood, learning how to live by making countless mistakes. You see a far off island in the distance and you want to approach it instinctively. You can swim only to find out that Anika hates the water and loses health when she comes in contact with it. It's supposed to be a joke because she's a cat and I found things like that quite amusing. I enjoyed the fact that the game teases the player. If you can see an area in the horizon, you can go there, but you may need a key or one of Anika's special abilities to get there. Anika has three special abilities that you gain after completing the first three dungeons, quote unquote dungeons. One of the abilities is to run. And you know what? I found that quite odd that Anika would need magic to run. And it really helps later on in the game, I'm not gonna lie, when you're expected to do run and jumps. The graphics in this game were very jarring at first, only because the game introduces the story through visual novel style sequences. Showing off great 2D visuals sets such an incredibly high bar for the 3D models to be just as great. And unfortunately, they weren't as awesome. However, these 3D models grow on you, especially for the bunnies and the anthropomorphized characters. The 2D sequences are very unique because they look and play like a child storybook, similar to Rosalina's storybook in Super Mario Galaxy. Once again, I felt like a child, remembering all those times when my parents would tell me a bedtime story. A strong point for this game has got to be its humor, definitely. Throughout the game, you'll read many cat puns and quips from Anika that are incredibly fun, especially when you collect these wonderful cat illustrations known as Meowster pieces. Meowster pieces seems like a useless collectible at first, but you actually need them a fair few times to complete the game. You're rewarded by collecting. You're rewarded with cute, adorable outfits for Anika. And I was motivated to gain more Meowster pieces just to take a look at them. They're so weird and quirky. And it's little stuff like this that adds to the charm of this game. And I absolutely love it. For those who are used to collect-a-thon platformers, Giraffe and Anika will feel very out of place. The dungeons are unique in the sense that you have no hearts, you have no one-ups, and you have no way to directly defend yourself 
from ghosts. Instead, you can recover health at these magical stones, which aren't really explained in the story, and you can use cover and the environment later on in the game to defend from a ghost projectile attacks or any other attack. Later on, the game feels like a puzzle platformer, especially in the Tundra dungeon. At times, it's an on-rail shooter with its roller coaster dungeon minigames. The boss fights, however, is where it sets this game apart from the others. You take on Lily, the game's antagonist, by partaking in a small rhythm game. And I enjoyed the boss battles not because of the mechanics, but because of the music and the choreography. The music is a highlight of this game. To be honest with you, I wish that I could get the, the soundtrack for this game on Spotify, I'll be listening to it all the time. The game is marketed as a rhythm game and to be honest with you I would disagree. There is only a rhythm game sequence after every dungeon and I feel as though it was marketed this way in order to preserve the true meaning behind this game. It sounded like a cop out to some of you but I really don't want to spoil this game for any of you. The moment I finish this game the little quirks in the story, the characters and the environment started to make so much sense. And my mind was blown. It must be mentioned that this game doesn't have a new game plus, which is very unfortunate. I really wanted to go and play this game forever, or at least until I've seen everything it has to offer. I really want to go back and collect those Meowster pieces that I left behind or finish off those silly missions for the bunnies. But that being said, this game had changed my life. Never in my years of games journalism, in my 10 years of games journalism, have I come across the game so delightful. This game makes me feel this sensation of warmth and nostalgia and I felt lost in its universe and I began to forget about my troubles. Truly, this game definitely came at the right time considering the state of the world. I really do love this game, I can't really say more about it. I think everyone should get an opportunity to play this game whether it's on the Switch or on the PlayStation 4 or on Steam, especially if there is a sale, pick this game up, you will not regret it. And don't let this game fool you, don't let this game fool you. There's a lot to look past but when you do, you're gonna love it. And that is a bish seal of approval, I really did love this game. We're gonna go on a little break and when we come back we're gonna talk about Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. So stick around for that. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll, the most epic anime service out there. Got all your favorite shows, Naruto Shippuden. It's got all of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball GT, if you're into that. It's got everything, because you know what? Crunchyroll has just taken it to the next level with the largest anime library in the world. So if you want to get a 14-day free trial, go to getalivepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Uh, use our link. It does help us out a lot. Remember, when you support Crunchyroll, you are supporting us. Crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai or getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Whichever link you use is going to be the same. It's going to work just as great. So get yourself that 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium without ads, full HD, whether you want to watch anime subbed, dubbed in all these different languages, German, English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, even Arabic subtitles. Crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai. That is crunchyroll.com forward slash K-U-N-A-I. Hang on a minute, there's another ad. Do you like candy? I'm sure you do, because I haven't met anyone that doesn't. Do you like Japan and do you like candy? Well, you're listening to a Japanese gaming and or anime podcast, so I'm pretty sure you love Japanese snacks. Whether you like Kit Kats, Pocky, Japanese ramen if you like all of that, you know where you can get it easily? Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers the unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. 
Japan Crate gives you a delicious selection of snacks each month. You can cancel anytime, but you know what? I don't know why you'd want to. Learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember to use the code GALP for $3 off all new subscriptions, even for other Japan Crate subs like Inku Crate, like Umai Crate, anything that Japan Crate does. So that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash J-A-P-A-N-C-R-A-T-E. Use the code G-A-L-P for $3 off. Back to you, Bish, on the episode. Well, that's a bit weird. I'm handing it over to myself. But you know what I mean. Enjoy the rest of the episode, guys. Welcome back from the break. So we're going to get straight into it with the review for Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. Everyone loves mashups, am I right? Today we're going to be taking a look at Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, a sequel to the original Puyo Puyo Tetris from Sega. As you can imagine, this game is a combination of Puyo Puyo and Tetris. I know that you guys know what Tetris is. I know that your family knows what Tetris is. I know that probably your grandma knows what Tetris is because it is such a cult classic in terms of games. I know everyone knows what Tetris is in some capacity. It's pretty much ingrained in pop culture at this point. However, Puyo Puyo is interesting as not many people know about it. Although I think if you've seen it, you probably recognize it if you've seen it. Puyo Puyo has been a game that's been like renamed countless times for the Western market. It's been reskinned into different games for Western gamers and even for the, even, even for the Japanese market. One example is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine on the Sega Mega Drive. The aim of Puyo Puyo is similar to Tetris, but works slightly differently. I feel that it is faster paced and more fluid because Puyo are destroyed when you get four next to each other in any formation of the same color but in regards to learning this game the game does a great job of walking you through it providing interactive tutorials for tetris puyo puyo and fusion mode i suggest for everyone to play the beginner tutorials especially if you've never played either of these games before then go back and learn more tips and tricks while you improve the game has some recurring modes uh, from the previous puyo puyo tetris adventure which is basically a story mode and your introduction to the puyo Puyo characters and the story. You've got your solo mode, you've also got your multiplayer mode, and online mode where you can play against friends or randoms online. To be honest with you, this game is intended for parties, at least in my personal opinion. I wouldn't play this game by myself because it isn't necessarily fun. I usually bring this game out when I've got a couple of friends around, uh, obviously not during COVID, but at least before COVID, I was playing this game online with friends, I was playing this game in person, etc. I think the game really excels at the party elements and the party game modes because within the multiplayer you have versus, which is basically Puyo Puyo and Tetris. So your opponent can either choose from Puyo Puyos or be playing Tetris. Skill Battle, which is quite interesting. It's basically a game of Tetris in which you have a life meter and you have MP. It's, it's like an RPG style battle, which is really interesting because every time you clear a line, it decreases the life points of your enemy is basically getting them down to zero. It's basically a Puyo Puyo Battle Royale. I think that's pretty pretty interesting way of describing it. It's, it's kind of like Tetris 99 in that sense. But you can have other abilities from other characters that you put through to recover health, to, to clear lines of Tetris, to add more lines to our enemy characters, etc. Which is really cool. There's also the fusion mode, which is one of my favorite that is returning. The skill battle is basically Big Bang mode from the original Puyo Puyo Tetris, where you attack up your opponents by clearing Tetris patterns as quickly as possible and everyone has health bars. Your aim is to clear stages the fastest and lower health to zero versus 
which is like I said, it's based around your score. Whoever has the highest score out of a certain number of rounds wins. And then fusion is basically both Tetris and Puyo blocks at the same time on the screen, which is pretty interesting. There's also swap. The way that swap works is that there is a timer and you're swapping between Puyo and Tetris. So you're playing two games at once. So you could be, what I love about it is that you could be smashing it on Tetris. You could be really good at Tetris. And if your opponent is really good at Puyo, they can have the chance to, to bring it back. And what I liked about it and what I liked about this game is that it, it brings in that competitive edge, especially if people that are good at Tetris don't know how to play Puyo and vice versa. I think that's what makes this game really fun. And another thing that I have to say is that the characters are incredibly fun as well. Like this game does include the Japanese voices. You can actually download them unlike the previous game. So you can play in Japanese, you can play in English. I think Sonic is also a playable character as well. Uh, I personally didn't want to play as Sonic. I wanted to play as the previous characters that I've kind of grown to love from the previous Puyo Puyo Tetris game. Like I said, I mean like, I'll be real with you, there's also challenge mode, there's party mode, which is my favorite mode because it's the only one I'm good at. It's fun to use abilities and items that can hinder your opponent. I just wanna say that the game's UI is beautiful. It kind of reminds me of this really cute Nintendo Wii style game. I know that sounds really odd, but the characters are also well designed. It reminds me of, oh, I know this is a kid's game, but the anime, Panty and Stocking, it kind of reminds me of that. And their voices are really top tier, especially in English is very Sega-esque and it reminds me a lot of Sonic characters, especially Zed. If you see Zed, he reminds me of Omega from Sonic, the Sonic series, which isn't surprising because this game is, is developed by Sonic Team. So one thing that I do have to mention is that this game, instead of making you buy DLC for all of the content that's in it, like uh, character skins and uh, Puyo skins and Tetris skins and stuff like that. You can buy them with in-game credits. It gives you a reason to play the game more. Everything that you do, even if you lose, you get credits that you could spend in the game's in-game store, which is really lovely. It's, it's kind of rare that you see games like that, like having unlockables in that way, uh, which is quite fantastic. I'll be honest with you, like if you are playing this game by yourself, unless you're a real hardcore fan of Tetris or Puyo, or if you're playing this game on the esports and stuff, like if you're playing this game on a professional level, then yes, I understand why you play this game solo. But for me, I didn't see much value in the adventure mode or in the story mode. I saw the value of this game in its party games, in the multiplayer elements. So that's something that you might need to think of, especially now that we're in the UK, we're kind of opening the country again. People can go and see each other. This, I would say, if you're going around someone's house, bring this game, they will love it. Fun for the whole family, I would say. Yeah, I really did enjoy Puyo Puyo Tetris. Thank you, Sega, for providing this game for me to review. I genuinely enjoy it. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's such a simple game. It's such a small game as well. Like, I think it was like two gigabytes on the PlayStation 5, but it was very enjoyable. It's also good to mention that if you buy this game on PlayStation 5, you can also download it on the PlayStation 4 and vice versa. If you own a PlayStation 4 version, you can get a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version of the game. So yeah i love it i love this game go and buy it. it it's incredibly cheap at the moment i think on release it was selling for like 30 or something or 35 which is a good price i think for a game like this you're gonna get countless of hours of fun that being said we're gonna go on another ad break and we are going to talk about mario kart the track expansion on the nintendo switch so be sure to stick around for that and enjoy the ads 
Damn, bish. Back at it again with more ads. If you're not a big fan of ads, you know what you can do? Subscribe to our Patreon page in which you pay £5 a month or $7 thereabouts a month for early access content on Kunai as well as ad-free episodes of Gap. Isn't that amazing? Sure is, bish. Sure is. So if you want all of that and you don't want to listen to ads anymore, get yourself over to patreon.com forward slash Podcast and sub. That's all it is, guys. Just sub. You help us out a lot. It does help us produce the best show that we can do. That's that's patreon.com forward slash get a live podcast. Become a patron today. If you don't want to pay monthly, then consider leaving us a tip on coffee. That is ko-fi.com forward slash get life podcast you can leave us a one-time donation there all of this kind of stuff goes back into the podcast and we really do appreciate your support so consider supporting us either on coffee or on patreon thanks guys i guess there's one more ad for the episode so you better enjoy it because we're talking about jlist you're like bish what is jlist well let me tell you jlist brings you the latest otaku goods from japan whether it's manga anime cosplay import games visual novels even etchy stuff jlist has got you covered learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash jlist that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash j l i s t remember to use our link and the code galp for five percent off your first purchase on jlist that is g-a-l-p for five percent off your first purchase on jlist and you know what jlist has got some really cool stuff they've got the opai mouse pads they've got new photo books from japan they've got figurines genshin stuff they've got vtuber stuff they've got dojinshi anything you want it's on jlist imagine jlist as alibaba's cave but for japanese goods there you go all the more reason to support the show and to consider using jlist for your next japanese import purchases that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash jlist thanks jlist for sponsoring the podcast anyway i think it's time to go back to the episode shall we we shall enjoy So we are back and we are talking about Mario Kart 8 on the Nintendo Switch. So that is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and its expansion pack. For those that are new to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is an enhanced version for the Nintendo Switch. So basically a Switch port that was released in April 2017. And more than five years later, we got a expansion pack, which is really good. It shows that Nintendo really supports their games, which I love. Fun fact, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold more copies than the original Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. So I think it's one of the best selling racing games and in fact i think it's one of the best selling video games of all time you can fact check me on that so the difference between mario kart 8 deluxe and the original mario kart 8 for the wii u was that this game includes all the previously released dlc for mario kart 8 uh, additional content gameplay tweaks and 1080p when docked which is actually fantastic 720p in handheld mode which is pretty cool. Today we're going to be talking about the expansion pack. Nintendo did announce that 48 DLC tracks will be coming to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and should be released by the end of 2023 via the booster course pack. So each booster course pack contains eight courses each in six waves, meaning that your total of tracks once the DLC is finished is 96 tracks that's the most in any mario kart game the tracks that are currently included in the dlc pack so you've got two cups golden dash cup 
and your Lucky Cat Cup as well. So for your Golden Dash Cup, you have Paris Promenade, which is from Mario Kart Tour, the mobile game, uh, 3DS Toad Circuit, N64 Choco Mountain, Wii Coconut Mall. And you know what? I'm so glad that they've included Coconut Mall in the first drop of this DLC because that is an iconic stage. And I, you know what? I think is the best stage in Mario Kart, hands down. Fight me. I mean, you know what? Fight me. If you th if you disagree, tell me because you're wrong. And that's all I'm going to say. The Lucky Cat Cup contains Tokyo Blur, which is part of Tour as well. DS Shroom Ridge, GBA Sky Garden, and a new track called Ninja Hideaway. Very interesting that they're including stuff from Mario Kart Tour. I do, I have seen some controversy online in regards to the new tracks that are directly ported from Tour. It's only two tracks, by the way, but I will say this, they are excellent, all of them, all the new tracks. And to be honest with you, Paris Promenade is quite nice because of the fact that the track changes its course midway through. It changes direction on the last lap, which I think is pretty cool. Like, I've not seen that happen in a Mario Kart game before. I do know that people are a bit annoyed with the shift in the art style and the graphics compared to the tracks in the base game. But you know what? I quite enjoy it. I will say that. With Tour, I think probably the appeal as well when they're using sort of real world places is because it's a mobile game. You want to get as many players in as possible, that kind of stuff. So I like it. I just... I like playing Mario Kart in settings that, you know, are real, if that makes sense. Well, it's Mario Kart, it's not going to be real, but you know what I mean, like seeing the Eiffel Tower and flying past it, it's pretty cool. And it makes sense that they've sort of directly ported it from Tor without any additional reworking for HD televisions and things like that. So you do notice when docked that the Tor tracks are a bit naff, but listen out here it's excellent either way I, i'll be real with you like when has that ever stopped people from playing a mario kart game people still go back to this day and play mario kart on the super nintendo like i don't think it's about the fatality sometimes i think it's about the way that the tracks are designed the way that the tracks feel as well and they're just the overall experience playing these tracks online or with friends and that's what mario kart has always been about for me at least so i don't see much of an issue in terms of the graphics or anything like that but your mileage may vary tokyo blur is another excellent track as well like i said i'm really enjoying these new tracks especially the ones from tour and i'm hoping to see more in the future because i just loved the way that you got these little toll booths that sort of open up on the final lap and it just it feels great mind you unlike the paris promenade i didn't feel as though i was driving through tokyo it was really weird you know i i wish that there would have been some other cars there maybe maybe other references to tokyo apart from you know shrines and things like that maybe a station maybe a train station maybe a maybe shibuya crossing something like that i wanted to see more landmarks i just finished playing ninja hideaway that track fantastic i love the fact that you have a level of verticality that we really don't see in racing games or in mario kart i think the only other racing game that i've seen a level of verticality to was crash tag team racing on the playstation 2 so it's nice to see those kind of features make its return i also love the sort of art style and layout of the track 
there is a lot of twists and turns and sometimes I would say if you're not the most experienced Mario Kart player you may find some difficulty in that. I think that's what we needed. We needed some level of complexity in Mario Kart Return. I mean like, especially from like the previous games. I always found that the tracks in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as in the base tracks the new ones feel as though that you're just going around in a circle. So it's good to see that Nintendo are designing new tracks that actually add more complexity that really changes the game a lot. It makes the game feel fresh, especially considering it's been five years since the release of Deluxe. So it's nice that we're getting that new tracks in and it's great. The next track I'm gonna talk about is a classic. I told you at the beginning of this segment that it is Coconut Mall. Hands down, Coconut Mall was the best track in Mario Kart Wii and it doesn't disappoint here. Although I will say that there are some things missing if you're a big fan of Mario Kart we like I am there is a few things that are missing from this track um, mainly the fact that there are no me's obviously there is no me's on the switch which makes sense but the adverts aren't featuring your me's I always like that when they just randomly place your me's in adverts on the side of the mall I thought that was pretty cool and it used to be your me's driving around in the cars that were reversing and parking into bays but now it's just shy guy and another thing, not to be nitpicky here, they're not parking, they're just reversing, it's just weird. Like, at least before they were parking into parking spots at the mall, which made more sense. But it's not like that here. Visuals look fantastic, they've updated it, they've updated the way the track looks. You can still go up the escalator through the handrail if you wanted to. Uh, like a lot of people used to do back in the day, it's all there. It's basically the same, as you'd remember, just with updated graphics. Uh, I will say the placement of the Shy Guys reversing and not reversing. They're, they're doing it at a weird angle as opposed to just going back and forth. Yeah, I didn't like that. But other than that, solid track. Really, really good. The remake tracks from uh, the N64 and from the Game Boy Advance are really cool. I like the fact that they don't have any defined boundaries like you would have gotten in the original tracks that you got with Mario Kart 8. But they're nice. They're great. I do find that you gotta learn how to drift in these older tracks. I've never played them, to be honest with you, because my first Mario Kart game was Wii. So you had some of those tracks return, but not all of them. But yeah, they were very, very enjoyable tracks. They just look good as well. And that's something, obviously, this is a first party Nintendo game. I'm not expecting it to look horrible. It's gonna look great, and it does. As great as the first eight tracks are, I will say this, I'm a little bit disappointed that we don't get battle mode tracks. Because the battle mode in this game, as great as it is, I don't think Nintendo gives it enough love. You know, the fact that it only has like, what, eight tracks to begin with? We need more tracks for battle mode, I get it more people play the online racing than they do battle mode but it would be nice to see maybe an additional battle mode track for each drop so we get six new battle mode tracks that would be great i would like that especially ones from the older games because if you look at a game like mario kart wii i'm always going to compare it to mario kart wii because i think mario kart wii had a ton of battle mode tracks right we aren't getting as much and i think we need to get more that's just my opinion on that i will say this if you love mario kart you're gonna love the expansion, no doubt about that. There's also two ways to get this booster course pack. You can access it at no additional cost with a paid Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack membership. 
which, you know, I think, what, it's like 30-something pounds a year, and you get access to all that content. Bear in mind, as soon as your Switch subscription ends, you won't have access to that content. Additionally, you can buy the DLC separately for $25 or $33 Canadian, which is still a good deal for the amount of tracks that you're getting. Yes, it's basically a season pass and you're paying up front for these tracks that you're not going to get until the end of 2023, but I still think it's a great investment if only for the eight tracks that we currently have. I'm hoping Nintendo adds more tracks that are both beloved by the fan base as well as more original tracks. That would be great to see. If Nintendo could also add battle mode tracks as well, that would be pretty cool. Nintendo, I know you're listening. You can add it. It would be great. But yeah, that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Big thanks to our pals at Nintendo, Sega, as well as NIS America for providing us codes for the games that we reviewed today. And yeah, be sure to pick up any one of these games because they're excellent. Whether it's Giraffe and Anika, whether it's Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, if you want to get back in, invite someone over to your house, play a little bit of Puyo Puyo Tetris, or even play some new Mario Kart tracks. If you already have the expansion pack, well, there you go. You've already got it free of charge or you can pay 25 bucks for the DLC alone, which I still think is a great investment. So that being said, big thanks to our sponsors, Crunchyroll, Japan Crate and JList. And hopefully, guys, we'll see you on the next episode of Galp. I don't know what it's going to be, unfortunately, but it could be anything. It could be could be an episode on Final Fantasy 7 Remake. It could be. We don't know. Or it could be an episode on Chocobo Racing, another racing game published by Nintendo and produced by Square Enix. I think that's a great place to end the episode, so bye!